You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most visionary humans on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, brand builders, and people just like you who have a story to share or a vision that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Season seven, baby. This podcast was first born over three years ago, and now here we are, episode 150. I'm so thrilled that we're back and can assure you that this is our best season yet. As I reflect back on what's changed since episode one, the truth is, besides my skills as an interviewer, the sound quality of the show, not a whole lot else has shifted. I'm still the same passionate, driven, and creative visionary host that started this show with no clue what I was doing, and some days I still don't. After all, podcasting is still kind of the wild, wild west when it comes to marketing and knowing how to top the charts. So we're all just figuring it out one day at a time. When I began, I had an $80 Amazon audio recorder. I watched a 20-minute YouTube video that taught me how to host a podcast on WordPress back when I had a WordPress website. And from there, I just recorded my first episode. I submitted it to iTunes. I waited like two weeks for them to patiently accept it. And they did. And that's it. I didn't overthink it. I just dove in. I would reach out to my friends, colleagues, acquaintances who inspired me and I'd just go over to their house or they'd come to mine and we'd sit side by side and have great conversations about how we wanted to live our lives, ways that we supported our peak state of health. We talked about strategies for growing our businesses and so much more. For the first 100 episodes, we actually recorded almost every single episode in person. Then COVID hit and I had to give up the most cherished part of the podcast, the in-person part. But alas, I figured out how to maintain the integrity of the show over Zoom and here we are. After a short break, I'm so excited to share that we are back and this season is bigger, brighter, and more visionary than ever before. We'll be hearing from brand builders, brick and mortar shop owners, top marketers, and online business owners. Today, we kick off our season with a conversation featuring the amazing wedding photographer and educator, Sarah Monica, someone who I've been inspired by since the day I met her, and I think that was like five or six years ago. She's actually a three-time guest on the show, basically a visionary alumni at this point, and you all loved the first two conversations that I had with her, so this will probably be no exception. This season, I'll be meeting you on the other side of the episode, each episode, to check in and to recap some of the top takeaways from the conversations. So after Sarah and I wrap up our conversation, keep listening for some visionary wisdom. 
So let's dive into today's conversation, the first of season seven, episode 150 with my friend, Sarah Monica. Sarah, welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited to be kicking off season seven of the podcast with this conversation. And you've actually appeared on two other episodes of the show. You appeared in episode 27, as well as 76. And we're welcoming you back for episode 150. So I'm really, really excited to have you here. Now, I would love to catch up exactly where we left off, but I don't know exactly where we left off. It's been like a year and a half (laughs) or two years, as we've realized. So I figured let's start with the fact that you launched your own podcast. It's called Shine and Thrive. And I'm curious, why did you decide to launch a podcast? Okay, so... First of all, thank you so much for having me back. Congrats on season seven. You're on fire with your podcast. I'm so happy for you. And also it's kind of cool when you say like, oh yeah, you were in this podcast episode and this one. All I can remember is like visualizing kind of where I was at in my career. It's cool to see the progression and be back. And I remember the first first one ever, uh, your podcast was the first one I've ever been on. So I was so freaking nervous. I also had braces then and I was like, what am I doing? Imposter syndrome. And then the next one was another one we had in person. This is our first virtual one. So it it's a little different, but yeah. that's all cool. Cause I still feel like your energy and everything. So I'm so excited. Okay. So to dive into answer your question, why did I start a podcast? So I just felt like I had so much to say. I felt like I had so much, um, to share with, so specifically, this is a podcast for photographers. So it's a business and personal development podcast for photographers. And I had like so many things I wanted to share and get off my chest. And I felt like the best way that I always show up is just by speaking just off the cuff and, or in videos. And that's basically speaking. Like my stories is where I usually live and just like let it rip, whatever's on my mind, whatever I want to share that I recently learned. Um, or answering questions for other photographers. And I was like, you know what? Podcast would be a great way to do that. But of course, on top of that, um, there was strategy because I knew that I wanted to, like I was already uh, doing workshops and mentoring and coaching, but I found myself in workshops and mentoring, coaching, repeating the same knowledge over and over again and having the same question. I had to answer the same questions over and over. And I'm someone straight up that doesn't like repeating themselves. Like literally if my mom asks, if I tell my mom something and she's like, oh, sorry, can you repeat that? I'm like, I just said it. I have to actually say it again. Like I I know I'm a little shit when it comes to that, but I just realized myself like losing a little bit of passion um, for teaching and sharing. And I'm like, something needs to shift. And I realized if I can maybe teach something once really, really well, and then so many more can listen to that same thing or watch the same video or uh, learn this, the course, right? The program that I've put together, then I can impact so many more. I don't have to repeat myself. And I mean, that's what I want at the end of the day. I want to impact others. I want to share with other photographers what helped me on my journey so they can also find the confidence that I used to look for, right? So yeah, so it was just like the perfect way to not only yeah, share what's on my heart, on my mind, kind of freely, candidly in my own space, do it how I want to, while also being strategic about, okay, this is going to be a way that I um, can market my online courses in the future and and all of that. And also, I mean, also be able to have uh, industry experts 
that I can interview and just like have um, these amazing connections with other people in the industry as well on such an intimate level. So many reasons, but that's kind of where my head was at with that. That is so awesome. And I think it's so cool to hear um, you say you were repeating yourself and realize like there kind of has to be a better way. And how can I produce it one time really, really well and then get it out to multiple people? And I think this is something that maybe around like the second or third year that people are in business, that's when that light bulb goes off. Oftentimes that it's like, oh, I'm sending the same emails over and over, or I'm constantly repeating this one process or this one method of how to do X, Y, Z task in my business. And that's when you start thinking about the word scale. Like how can Mm -hmm. I take what I'm good at and take my message and actually serve it up on a bigger platform? And I think podcasting is such a great way to do that because again, like you spend the time to curate the information once and then that episode lives on for who knows how long. And I think now the journey for us as podcasters is like, how can you keep repurposing that content and getting it out and not forgetting that you've spent all this time and effort on episode one, two, three, four, five. And it's like, you want to make sure that you're still serving it up to the people who can benefit from it. So now it's like that repurposing mode, but I love that you uh, launched it in order to really scale your impact and to reach more people. Have there been any um, unforeseen challenges in launching the podcast or just anything that you didn't expect in being a podcaster? Yes. (laughs) Speaking to the (laughs) void. (laughs) Oh my God, this makes me laugh so hard. Like I literally, I don't know why I was like, yeah, it's going to be so easy for me to just like talk to myself in my office and just by myself. And, but it it gets like so awkward at times because I have moments of like crickets where it's like, normally if I'm in a workshop, I'm so used to speaking to people either over (laughs) like virtually or in person coaching or workshops. Right. And I always get that, like, um, you know, nod of approval or that smile or whatever. And it was a whole nother journey to realize, to like kind of learn how to speak your truth, speak from like your place of what you know, what works best for you, your beliefs, all of that fearlessly into the void where, I mean, you, I am speaking, I have to now visualize my actual like audience and one specific person sometimes helps. Right. Mm -hmm. But it took a whole, it kind of helped me grow a lot more into even attaining a new level of confidence with my voice, because now I had nobody validating what I was saying in the moment. I had to like, be like own it, be confident with it and then put it out into the world. And then sometimes like some episodes, like not, I, I don't know about you, but if you listen to podcast episodes, there's so many times I go on walks and podcast episodes or I'm driving, I don't message the person right after and say, Oh my God, this episode helped me so much. So sometimes it's like just quiet after I release an episode, I, I, I see all the downloads, all the stats, but sometimes it's just quiet. And sometimes I get a random message saying, Sarah, I just binged so many of your episodes. You have no idea how much it helped me. And those messages like helped me so much. Um, but a lot of the time we don't get that, like, mm-hmm. you know, feedback loop. And so it helped me kind of, I guess, grow to a new level of confidence with my voice. And last year, 2020 was like a big year for that um, because I had less external validation coming in because I was shooting less because of everything going on. And normally if I'm shooting a lot, documenting a lot of weddings, as soon Mm -hmm. as couples see their photos, boom, like email, like Sarah, oh my God, they were so grateful. You're amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Validation. Right. Um, And then 
because the level, the amount of validation went down, I was still trying to podcast and speak into the world. I felt less relevant. I felt like who even cares? Like all these like thoughts started coming into my mind. Um, so I'm, I can't, what was the question? Or you're like, what did you learn? <laughs> Any unforeseen challenges. Unforeseen challenges. Life. Okay. That one was one. And yeah. yeah, so that one was one of them. Also, um, a, a lot of, I noticed that because when I wasn't as confident using my voice, I would procrastinate a lot. And that means that I would kind of leave it to the last minute to record a podcast episode. Um, so that was also another challenge because then it's like, oh, another thing that I have to do, right? Yeah. But what I've realized, what I've learned, it's, this is really cool because now I can share with you the actual challenge and the lesson because I've had time to process and grow from it. Um, what's really cool is that if once I got to the point of just, you know, totally taking in my confidence and being present in the moment and knowing that everyone needs to hear exactly what I have to say, because the way someone else says it, right, is for one person. Another, if someone says it a different way, it's for another person. And I need to show up and share my truth and share what worked for me. Because if I don't show up, I'm not helping anyone. So once I realized that, and I kind of like set the fear aside, um, to not show up and not podcast, that's when the procrastination goes away. And that's mm-hmm. when you have fun with it again. So I thought when I first started my podcast, that would just be fun and whatever, yeah. but I didn't realize I'd have to actually, it would be some deeper work and some more growth. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to like resurface on the other side and I'm like, oh, I finally feel like confident again in my voice, but on another level. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting challenge. I thought that I would be confident all along, but there was some work with that. So interesting to hear you say that because I've been thinking so much lately about the default programming that we all have and it becomes especially apparent when you're a business owner and you decide you want to start a podcast or you want to start a blog and all of these things start to come up of who needs to hear my message or what do I have to say that's different But it's like, that's just a program that I have downloaded and somehow it's my operating system now. And then it becomes this journey of, I need to deprogram myself because there's no reason why that should be coming up. Like, yes, we are human beings. We encounter fear. But like you said, there are people who need to hear your message where you are right now. So it's like this journey of entrepreneurship and having a business is really about self-discovery and deprogramming what's kind of been given to us by other people and by the media and by society so that we can show up as our authentic selves and truly express ourselves without worry or fear because we are all enough. We all are able to share our message because it will help at least one other person who is maybe a little less far along the path than you are. So yeah, it's just something I've been thinking a lot about and I'm really grateful that you shared um, just authentically from your experience. Yeah, so, and, and one thing I want to say, if anyone's going through something like this right now, whether it's whether you have a podcast or not, you're trying to show up on social and your brand, whatever, authentically, um, Oh my God, damn it. I had the best thing to say and it just <laughs> left my mind. You were about Wait, to drop some magic. I was. <laughs> Universe, what are you doing to me right now? We can circle okay. back on it. It's, no, it was so good. Damn it. Okay. Okay. I'll say one, uh, I'll say another thing that's very similar and maybe it'll come back. But basically, no matter what you do, people are judging you. In this very moment, the way you're showing up, people are judging you. And like, 
you can either be, um, you know, showing up how you think you should be showing up because you're looking up to a different mentor and saying they're showing up that way. So they're successful. So that'll work for me. So I'm just going to apply it to myself. People are judging you. If you take that and flip it upside down and maybe you're a person that loves to swear or you don't wear makeup or do your hair and you want to show up that way, people are going to be judging you. But no matter what, no matter what you do, people are always going to love you. Right. Mm. So that always helps me you know, be like, flip the script on that and just be like, okay, well, if I, if no matter what I do, people will love me. I might as well just be free because like trying to be like someone else is freaking exhausting. Yeah. Right? It just takes away your energy and it's not as fun. It's not as fun to run a business like that. It's so true. And I know that you actually had a journey with this uh, in 2020. So I know in your wedding photography business, you felt like you had really mastered being yourself and literally just showing up authentically and attracting your dream clients because of it. But you said that when it came to your role as an educator and as an online course creator, you felt like you were still looking to others in the industry, both for validation and for how to act and how to perform. So I'm curious, can you describe like what was happening? Why did you feel like you had to be someone else in this other pillar of your business? What was going on? Yeah, it was so fascinating to me that that happened because like you said, I mastered showing up as myself fearlessly for so many years. And then here I am on this new journey. And I think it just ended up being, I realized when I started to uh, go on the path of becoming an online educator, I was like, oh shit, this is a whole, I'm a newbie here again. Like I haven't felt like a newbie in a while. I felt like the expert and I'm like, okay, let me you know, listen to this podcast and this person, and let me take this course. And, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of the times when we take courses or we listen to podcasts, they say, and I say it too, like, if you do it this way, this can be your result, right? What I make sure to say as much as I can on my podcast is this is what worked for me. I'm not telling you, you should do this is the only way, only if it feels right to you. I always try to bring it back to that because it has to feel right to you. But even though I know this, I still was like, okay, well, if this worked for them, I'm just going to apply the way they show up on their sales page or in a video the same way. Or maybe if this is their intro to a podcast, maybe I need to have that same kind of intro to a podcast. So, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because you're just basically trying on different things, seeing what sticks and what doesn't. Um, But yeah, I was doing a lot of well, this is how you write an email cop like email copy. So I'm going to do it that way. And just kind of like not even copying and pasting because it's like you make it your own. Um, but I went through the journey of realizing that some things aren't just feeling like authentic to me. And I need to figure out a different way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and remind me of like the the question you said initially, because it's going to bring me back to Yeah, kind of just shedding light on your journey of realizing that you weren't showing up authentically as yourself in this portion of your business. Yeah. Okay. This is what helped me realize it. It didn't feel effortless and it didn't feel fun. Those were the two things that stood out to me and helped me realize this. And this, this realization was only about like two months ago, a month ago. So it's very fresh, but it was a very, it was a, it was one of those breakthrough moments where you're not going backwards. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. basically when I was showing up as my authentic self prior to adding on this pillar, everything was effortless and fun. I wouldn't overthink shit. I would just be like, I want to post this right now and I'm going to post it. I'm going to talk about it. And I just did it. And I didn't overthink what photo I would share or how I would show up. Is my hair done? Is my makeup done? Do I have acne on my face? Whatever. I don't care. 
And then because I went into the role of an educator, I had the limiting belief that if I show up imperfectly, that means that people won't trust me to think I'm smart enough, right? Or that I'm not capable enough to actually teach them something because maybe I'm showing up as an immature person or whatever. Mm -hmm. And actually someone that's incredible that it has inspired me a lot. Um, I don't know if you heard of Angie Lee. Yep. Yeah. 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 So she, uh, like she said one thing in one of her podcasts where she, she's like, um, just because you're goofy and ridiculous and love to have a good time doesn't mean you're dumb. Like you can be smart and make poop jokes because she makes Mm -hmm. poop jokes all the time. And I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Literally. That's what I didn't like. I I was looking, I was looking up to all these other mentors that had really successful businesses. Like for example, Amy Porterfield, right? She is definitely, her personality is just more reserved. She likes to be more polished. And here I was trying to be more polished when I'm like, I thought that's what I needed to be in order to be taken seriously as an educator. And yeah, like now I'm realizing like, Sarah, get back to exactly Mm -hmm. who you are, that imperfect version of yourself because perfect isn't relatable. (laughs) And like the whole time, the whole, like the whole reason before that you um, arrived at so much success, right. Was because everyone could relate to you. They, they could trust you. They saw you as just another human and not someone that was like above them or anything like that. You know what I mean? And I guess a lot of the people I was looking up to, I felt like they were kind of above me. So I'm like trying to like catch up to them, but that's not the point, right? Like I, I, there's no point for me to be a second uh, rate version of them, Mm -hmm. but I'm really, really grateful for this journey that I went on because a lot of the, the things that I, that I teach now is authenticity and how to get back to showing up as you and your brand. And I think if I didn't go through this journey again, I would forget how my actual like audience feels. And now I can connect with them again on that and be vulnerable with like, Hey, I went through this now twice in my career. I went through it being terrified to be myself in the very, very beginning. Then I found myself, I was so on fire myself for like four or five years. And then I went through it again. Comparison, I just hit again. I went through about a year or two of it and it's okay if you go through it because you're, you're learning along the way and everything happens for a reason. And so, yeah, that was eye opening, and I'm really grateful that I had that, but that's why all that kind of happened to me. (laughs) I'm sure that one of your goals for 2021 is getting healthier or maybe just maintaining your health. I think now more than ever, we are all being super diligent, trying to take care of ourselves in the best possible way. And that's why I want to thank Healthy Planet for supporting today's show. If you are a health nut like me, you're going to love that you can save money on the brands and the purchases that you're already making by ordering from Healthy Planet. They love our visionary community and they want to support us all in living our best and our healthiest lives. So you can shop with them entirely online. Products will be dropped at your doorstep within just a few days. And it's so easy and convenient that you no longer have the excuse of it's hard to eat healthy. So treat your body, your mind, your business with the fuel it deserves from Healthy Planet. They are your one-stop shop for health, supplements, great quality food, natural cosmetics, and everything you need to support your body. So you can actually use the code visionary10 at checkout. You're going to save 10% on your entire entire order. So it's kind of a no-brainer. I hope you'll use the discount code visionary10. That's visionary10 at healthyplanetcanada.com. I think that's so interesting. And you know, the 
first thing that I want to mention is that we have to remind ourselves that even as business owners, we as a collective, like all of us are the same. Whether you're talking about the person who's sitting at a corporate job right now, the person who's, you know, a stay-at-home mom or yourself or me, we're all the same. Some of us have just figured out a few more tools and are willing to share them. And the fact that you kind of recognize like, hey, I am not perfect here. Like I am just like you figuring this out one step at a time, um, I think is really relatable. And that is one thing that I feel like has always um, shined bright in your journey is that you're not afraid to say, Hey, I'm relearning this lesson, but I am going to come out the other side, or I have come out the other side. And it makes me able to help you along your journey even more. And another thing that really came up for me and you sharing that too, was that you want things to be effortless and fun in business. And Mm -hmm. I think that can only happen when you feel like you're showing up as the fully self-expressed version of who you really are. Because when you feel like you have to put on a facade or put on this like black corporate suit every day, and that's not really you, things don't feel effortless. Things don't feel fun. In fact, it's kind of the opposite of both of those things. And that robs you of your joy in building this business. And I think those are two things that we should all be striving to really reconnect to, that this journey should be effortless, it should be joyful, it should be fun. Otherwise, what's the point of arriving at the destination of success (laughs) because the journey was not enjoyable to you because you felt like you had to show up as someone who you weren't really and man, I think this is something that our listeners, they're all going through it, like trying to pull off the masks and de-layer all of that programming, like I'm mentioning. Um, And it takes a lot of work. So I'm curious, like, what are those tools that you utilized in order to reconnect with yourself and to be more of you in your brand? Like, was it meditation? Was it books? Like, is there anything you can offer to the listener who's like, I'm not really being myself, but I don't know how to drop that facade yeah okay great question meditation is huge so um at the end of november 2020 i did a it's called a full moon circle uh where uh, stephanie morrison so if you guys check her out on instagram stephanie williams morrison uh it's a long handle but she's incredible Uh, she hosts these full moon circles once a month and now she does them virtually with everything going on. And man, it's a two hour deep dive into um, really understanding and being self-aware of what you're feeling and why. And every full moon also has a theme around it of like what it brings up and it just helps you like heal from the inside out. And something drew me to finally take the time to do this inner work. And I'm like, it's almost the end of the year. I feel like there's like, I feel like something is stagnant in me and I need to make a shift. So yeah, I joined that little full moon circle thing, came out of it with like so many aha moments. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I wasn't aware of this this whole time, which was actually the thing that I just talked to you about the need for external validation more. I didn't even realize I was totally it was subconscious. I didn't know. Um, so then after that, I did a lot more, um, her, her meditations are incredible. They go really inward. I just turned to reading a lot of, uh, books as well, just to, um, realign myself to just what I'm passionate about. I love just reading about business and personal development. And that me doing that 
just lights me up and then my natural self just emerges. I don't know how to explain it. Mm. Also the same thing with dancing, listening to music, uh, being active, doing yoga. I decided to focus in, in December, a lot more on just all of those things that bring me joy. Um, Oh my gosh. I always forget the question, the initial question. I'm like, can you repeat it so I can get, remember? You're really testing me as an interviewer here. <laughs> um, what are the things, like the tools you use to reconnect yeah. to your authentic self and be more of yourself in your brand, which you're answering perfectly awesome. right now. Awesome. Yeah. I just forgot the direction I was going. Yeah. <laughs> no, just keep talking. Honestly, it's great. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of where, where I went. Yeah. And then I did another one of her full moon circles in December again, and that's when everything shifted. I kind of, I can't even explain how certain layers and things I was holding on to melted off of me. I can't even explain it, but that was like a huge catalyst to that. Um, and then I discovered Angie Lee, who I just talked about, and that was just the cherry on top. Um, one thing actually that uh, Stephanie mentioned in one of her full moon circles she said this beautiful story that I think I'm going to analogy I'll share with you guys because it really, really helped me. She was just coming from this place of like, I was looking at her and she was just so confident in the way she was speaking about everything. Her energy was like lighting up the computer. And, and like, basically I was like, how is she, she's just showing up so confidently and everything she's saying, like her throat chakra is so open. I'm like, I want that. I want that. And then she said this, She's like, guys, we are already whole. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've heard that many times, but I just don't get how, right? She's like, so when I was a little girl, I used to love going to um, the ice cream shop, uh, Laura's Accord, mm -hmm. and my mom would take me. And I would always get so excited when they would put that little chocolate on top of the ice cream, right? And that was just like a thrill for her. And then sometimes she would go and the employee would forget to put the chocolate on top and she would be disappointed, but she would still be so happy with her Rocky Road ice cream. And she's like, guys, we are all the Rocky Road ice cream. We are already whole. We don't need to do anything else to be enough in this world. Nothing else, nothing that we accomplish on the outside matters as much as just like just acknowledging that we are already whole. And she's like, anything else you do, that um, the career, that the success that you achieve in your career, the weight goal that you achieve, um, you know, that, I don't know, the car that you want, that is yeah. the chocolate on top. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, okay, all this time I was chasing, I need success in order to feel worthy. I need to, like, I, I was so used to like, all these years, I was booking so many weddings a year. I was um, booking so many coaching sessions with photographers, all of this. People were coming to my workshops. There was so much success happening. And then 2020 strips that away from you. And then who are you, who are you without that? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what was so beautiful about 2020. And that's what was so beautiful about me finishing off 2020 with that realization. I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole time, like I was chasing, I thought that in order to be whole, I always had to have the chocolate on top of the ice cream. I don't always have to have it. I mean, I'm going to sometimes get it. Sometimes I won't. And no matter what, I'm whole. That like that was like one of those revelations that I mentioned earlier about where it kind of like melted off of me. And now I have it on my wall as one of my new beliefs that I embody. Yeah. Um, and from that beautiful full moon circle, I created a new list of beliefs that I now embody every single day. Um, 
that will shift my programming. And one of them is I am already whole. Anything else is just a bonus. And that made me feel so much uh, more fearless in my approach to how I, okay, like I created an online course. I'm not going to make whatever, whatever amount of um, students I enroll, that doesn't mean I'm like worthy or not worthy. That's just mm -hmm. the number. And then you take that number and you can figure out how to improve to enroll more students later, but it doesn't mean that I'm unworthy. Um, I mean, I went through that in the beginning of last year with my new course launch, but that's like, that helped me so much. So I hope that analogy helped you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's so resonant for everyone listening and for myself too. And I love the uh, Laura Secord um, yeah. kind of visual because I'm like, oh, I used to go there as a kid too. But it's so true. We can get extremely caught up in the fact that if our course doesn't sell out, that we're a failure, or if we don't achieve that weight goal, that somehow there's something wrong with us. And I love this reminder of you are already whole. Like, yes, you can achieve big things in your life, but at the end of the day, like you are enough as is, no matter whether that next course launch or next book becomes a success or not. And without that firm belief in your foundation, then the journey is not worth it, right? Because you're yeah. constantly tearing yourself down and that's not the best way to be able to show up and to serve. So yeah. it really and does you, start with you. And when you come from the place of, I'm not whole until this happens to me, that's when you're approaching showing up from a place of inauthenticity in, in and stress, right? Yeah. If you show up from a place of I'm already whole, anything else is the chocolate on top or the cherry on top, then you inject that effortless and fun energy. And you're like, man, like whatever happens, I'm doing my best. So let me just have fun along the way. So mm -hmm. that was like a huge, like aha moment. I've totally been there where I've been in this like tunnel vision and I'm like, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough until X milestone. And then I get X milestone and I'm like, okay, well, I still don't feel good enough. So like, why yeah. don't I launch this next program? <laughs> and you just keep going and it's this vicious cycle until finally you're like, I'm burnt out. I'm not happy. Now the unraveling needs to start of like, yeah. who am I at my core? And like, why did I become this person that thought that happiness or worthiness was wrapped up in the next goal? It's not, it's not yeah. hiding there. It's already in you. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's just a wonderful conversation and something that we need to be reminded of the fact that we are whole. And I know for you, 2020 was not the year that you thought it was going to be. Yeah. You are a wedding photographer. Wedding photographers are on site at physical locations. So when COVID happened in March, what did you do? I know you were able to pivot. You have come out the other side of this, but take us back to that time. Like what was going on and how did you have to evolve your business from March up until now? Okay. So the, <clears throat> it's an interesting thing. I think we're going to, I think I'll take it from March and onward um, because something also happened in the beginning of March that kind of like screwed me up, but let's just focus on, <laughs> screwed me up. Let's just focus on <laughs> weddings. There's <laughs> a lot more I could talk about in the other thing. Okay. So <laughs> focus, Sarah, focus. Okay. So basically I, I'm a huge believer in law of attraction. I practice it. I believe in my gut, in my soul, that everything is happening for me, not to me. And I have a huge trust in the universe. And 
sometimes losing out on income, like that doesn't scare me. Like it doesn't scare me. It's kind of funny because I mean, I stress out about, oh, I didn't get this many bookings or whatever. So it's more about the validation, not getting validation that used to scare me. Now I'm good again. I'm back to being good with that. But basically the way I reacted was whatever's going to happen is going to happen with wedding bookings. I'm, I don't want to stress out because if I stress out, I'm going to somehow put that energy onto my clients and I do not want them to stress out. So I didn't want to start emailing my clients being like, Hey, what are you thinking of doing? Like, I just need to know because my income and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that's not how I want to be there for my clients. I know that no matter, as long as I just take care of them in the best way possible, be kind, give them space and room to breathe, give them space to figure out what's the best move for them and not rush them that I'll be taken care of. So I was going with the flow one client at a time, one situation at a time. And if they had to reschedule, I was like, fine, I'm not going to be like stressing out about it, crying about it, because I know that I'm capable of figuring out a way to make money. I mean, money is a renewable resource. Um, Yeah, I think having that confidence in yourself that you're able to figure out a way to get yourself out of it or generate more revenue if you need it is important. So that was my approach. And So from March kind of onward, slowly as the months uh, went on, um, I would say, how many weddings? I would say 50% of my weddings rescheduled and 50% were able to bring them much down, like lower to, I mean, in the summer was pretty good because there was a moment where people could have 100 people outdoor weddings with the social distancing precautions and all of that. So I had a handful of weddings that, you know, had 100 people there was only two really because then the rest had like 40 people but yeah um couples pivoted to just really bringing down the guest list to like only the people that um could be there the amount of guests and i just went along for that ride i was totally chill calm and then in the meantime in the summer when things were looking up um i was like okay well i'm bored like I love shooting I love creating I miss that so much I miss that connection with people what can I do okay I love uh, offering documentary family sessions that can be done safe I'll wear a mask like all that kind of stuff outside um so I was able to just show up on Instagram and say hey um I because I have the time and space now I'm able to offer documentary family sessions I'm also able to offer some branding sessions uh couple sessions for whoever just wants to preserve this time in their lives right Um, so I was able to bring in some additional income that way, but also because for, I mean, years in advance, I, I always wanted to create a passive income. So if anything happened where, you know, we became new parents and I wanted to have the time and space to just be and not be working, or if an emergency happened, we had different income streams to help us out. Mm -hmm. Um, that really helped me out a lot because I had, um, had a couple of digital products available that photographers could purchase. I also had income coming in from stock photography, which is basically I created specific photos for stock. And then those are reselling for brands. And actually this year or last year, 2020 brands needed that more because they couldn't have physical shoots. So that went well. So I guess it was just a culmination of me thinking ahead years ago of creating different income streams. And then also the combination of, me trusting in the universe that everything is happening the way it should. And no matter what I'll be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that combination helped me deal with all that in a very calm, relaxed way. Yeah. And it's great to hear that you did pivot because I think this is a reminder to all of us that 
the vision that you have of why you started your business and like the mission for you, it's to document people or something along that lines, right? Um, the way in which you carry that out may need to evolve due to the changing circumstances, the changing times. Mm -hmm. And I think that as business owners, it's an important lesson to realize like your vision can always stay true. However, the way in which you activate that and the products and services which you sell, like that always has to be changing with the times. And so in your case, like, yeah, you were primarily a wedding photographer, but you realize, okay, my vision is to share incredible photography with this subset of people. What if I delivered that to a different niche? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think that it's a, a great reminder for all of us that, you know what, times are changing and each new decade is probably a chance for us to completely overhaul our business models and to just really take a critical eye and say, okay, well, what's working now and where do I need to change? So I think you got kind of yeah. an early lesson in that, which is pretty awesome. And sometimes it's just for a moment too, yeah. because like, sometimes it's just like, okay, this is the season. This is just a season of me adding on a different type of session or whatever to my services. Mm -hmm. But I'm most likely, I'm assuming 2022, it's going to all go back to me just specializing in wedding photography. Yeah. Maybe this year, halfway through the year, it'll be back to weddings being normal and everything. I mean, I don't, I mean, things will be still be a little different, but yeah. overall, I think I can, you know, go back to just specializing in that. Um, and the beautiful thing about specializing is a lot of people are scared to specialize and niche down to something very specific, but, and I used to feel this fear a lot too, too, when I was a generalist, like eight years ago. Um, but the beautiful thing is I always still get inquiries on the side. Hey, like, do you do family sessions or maternity sessions or branding sessions by any chance? I love your style of photography, but I don't see it. So just wondering. And so it's always, it was always my choice to do I have the space and time to take that on? Do I want to, does it speak to me? So that was really cool. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to mention. So something that I decided to do um, in March was because I was really feeling for all the couples that didn't know what was going to happen on their wedding day that year. I was like, okay, I need to be a hero. I need to show them that I really, really care about them um, in a, a way that just blows them away. So I noticed some photographers doing um, virtual shoots. <laughs> and I was like, how the F is that possible? Like, how do you shoot photos on a like laptop. Yeah. Um, so I figured it out and I emailed every single one of my couples and said, Hey, um, I know you, you probably don't know what's going to happen. I don't know either, but I don't want this email isn't meant to stress you out. Whenever you guys have anything you want to say to me or ask me or reschedule or not reschedule, you come to me when you are ready, but I'm reaching out with just a fun little thing that will, you know, give you a memory of quarantine. What quarantine was like, this is a historical moment. I want to give you guys a memory. So I scheduled virtual sessions with all of my couples for free and basically gave them photos of them in quarantine. And they're obviously like more pixelated because it's actual like screenshots, but I would tell them where to put their phone, where to put their laptop, how to face it, where to sit and all of that. And then give them those little fun prompts to make sure the photos felt authentic, how I would actually do in person. And then, yeah, they ended up just being a beautiful little collection of photos that 
they will always have to remind themselves how they felt in that moment, whether it was sadness, whether it was relaxation, whatever. I think it's important to document any chapter in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that I did where I was like, you know what, as long as I take care of my couples that support me in my dream, like I am going to be good. Everything mm-hmm. will be fine. That is such a amazing example of how as a business owner, even in crazy chaotic times, like you can rise up as the leader and still deliver a remarkable experience to the clients who chose you as their wedding photographer. And I think those are the exact things that make businesses stand out. People often ask like, well, how do I make my brand stand out? I'm sorry, but it's not in a fancy logo. It's not in having the $20,000 website. I really think it is the person who cares the most and, and who delivers the most value and fun and playfulness to their and clients. Empathy. And empathy, yeah, which yeah. is kind of exactly what you did. Like you empathized with them and then you over-delivered by saying, you know what, like let's make a memory here if you want. I would love to do that virtual shoot with you. And um, yeah, you anchored in a time that it, it was unprecedented and sure it was a bit scary, but um, to show up in that way and to be a bright light for them in uncertain times, I think that's a lesson that we can all take home as business owners to, if you can lead in a time like that lead and show up and and keep on delivering because people need that joy uh, more than ever so that's pretty cool I know in March you also launched your very first online course so it's called (laughs) outsourcing made easy for wedding photographers and I think things went a little awry from the (laughs) original plan so do you want to take us back to first of all why you created an online course who it's for and then we'll get into the launch. Yeah. Okay. So created an online course again, because I was repeating myself on everything that I wanted to teach, but mainly because I saw, I see a huge problem in the photography industry, which is photographers think that because they are artists, they have to do everything themselves in their business. They have to wear all the hats and they are burning themselves out. And I've hit burnout before. And that's why I started to outsource. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, it's basically like a huge, is epidemic the right word? Yeah, it's an epidemic. I would say that's the right word. (laughs) Yeah. Like there are photographers that work 12 to 15 hour days straight from May to November and then winter, they're just like, holy shit. Okay. It's time for me to like, like have an off season, but then there's not really ever an off season because you have to update your website. You have to make sure, um, all the backend stuff is going. I mean, there's just always something to do. Mm-hmm. And I was just constantly in that cycle of, okay, I promise myself this wedding season, I'm going to be organized. Everything's going to be fine. I'm not going to burn myself out. But then at the end of the wedding season, because I was doing every single thing in my business myself, I would just be literally working photographers work hundred hour weeks easily in the summer. It's insane. So I finally figured out the solution and how to break it down in simple, like teachable steps. And I'm like, I have to share this with not just people here locally in Ontario, more like photographers all over the world need this because it's literally the key to like actually being fulfilled in their work and their life, not just at work in their life as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why I created it. Um, and, and it's for photographers who are feeling burnt out, who feel like there has to be a better way and maybe want to regain their time freedom. I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. 
So it's obviously a huge undertaking to decide to build an online course. Um, first of all, like, how did you find the entire experience? And do you have any tips for aspiring online course creators now that you've gone through the journey? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The first time you do it, you just, you figure it out every step of the way of how to stay organized and how to, and the core, the first course I ever made, it, it was like a big, big course. Not, not to say that it's too big that it's overwhelming for students. I'm saying it's one of those courses that is a life-changing course where if you apply it, it changes your life completely. It's not like a quick, like, okay, take the course for an hour. You get this quick win and learn how to implement this small thing in your business. Both courses are amazing and so needed, but my first course ever created was like the mother effer of all courses. (laughs) And I I guess I didn't realize the undertaking, but um, what helped me so much is well two tools two tools um my full focus planner which i'm obsessed with it's like the planner that i've been searching for i'm finally i've used it for two years now before that i was trying out different planners none of them stuck uh so that helped me a lot because it kept me focused on like the daily big three that i had to do i was able to like actually schedule up my days there's a podcast that goes along with it on productivity so that's and like helped me so much. And then on top of that Monday, so have you heard of monday.com? Yes, of course. Yeah. So that for project management was incredible because it's uh, the way you can just build out like your own board of like a workflow yeah. uh, was insane. So I was, I basically it was me and my virtual assistant that created the course. Like I did all of the you know recordings, teaching everything and she uploaded everything to like Kajabi, edited the videos, everything, created the workbook, all of that. Uh, so it was a lot of back and forth. And, um, but Monday was just like, made it so seamless, uh, because, oh, see, I wish I could show, show everyone a visual, but, um, it's just, yeah, if you guys Google Monday, you'll see what I mean, but you can just mark tasks done in, in order in such a effortless way. And so that, those are the two, two tools. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> help me, (laughs) help me the most to stay organized and on top of it. And daily, I knew exactly what I had to do. So did you put your entire world on hold to make this online course or how did you prioritize the creation of it? Because I know for so many of my students, they find um, it difficult to balance like, okay, I'm working full time. I'm a mom. And then I also have this course I want to create and that it somehow always falls to the back burner. What yeah. helped you to stay? Like, I know Monday was your system for managing it, but like mm-hmm. how many hours a day did you schedule? Did you work on it every day? Did you go into hiding for two weeks <laughs> to create it? Like, what was your process there? Yeah. Oh my God. So I cannot speak to being a mom, like bow down to all the moms. I do not know that yet. So I have all the free time in the world and sorry if you're like, yeah. I wish I had that by my children. Don't worry. I'll experience it one day soon. Yeah. But, but basically, um, I, okay. How do I, I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words. So I was starting to create the course in my off season. So all of my income had come in from May to November from weddings in 2019. Mm-hmm. So that was a regular wedding year for me. <clears throat> and I have made, brought in a lot of money. That's where 
wedding photographers make their money. And then we squirrel it away for the winter and we have that to like live off of. So because of that, I had the space and time because I wasn't shooting anything. I don't really take on winter weddings because no one, like not no one, but it's rare for people to have a winter wedding. Um, And I used to do destination weddings in the winter more often, but then I wanted to just like cut that back a little because it was a little overwhelming. Um, So yeah, I had that space and time to focus. And all I was focusing on was, um, that's when I uh, launched my podcast actually at the same time. So I launched it November, 2019, launched my podcast. And then I knew that I was podcasting in order for people to start knowing, liking, trusting me, how I teach. And then in March I would launch the outsourcing made easy course. Um, so I had the time and space and it was, a, it was a focus of mine, but I'm not going to lie. I totally procrastinated it until it was like, cause I had the deadline and I told everyone in, in March it's launching. And when you tell your audience that you have to stick to it and the closer we got to it, I'm like, okay, it's, it's go time. So I think from like January, that's when I started to really focus in on like going just focused every day on it, figuring out how to, how to make it happen. And I also knew, um, we had a trip. I had two trips, one in January, one in, uh, February, uh, which I'm so grateful for that. I got two trips in the beginning of 2020. So I was, because I knew I would be away for two weeks. I was like, I want to make sure that I can enjoy those trips without stress. So that was a motivator for me to like stay focused. Mm. So when it comes to staying focused, I've learned this through like the book, um, The One Thing. Yep. Um, I knew that if my focus, you know, if I got distracted by the shiny thing on the side and I was like, oh, maybe I'll I'll blog this today instead, or I don't feel like working on the course today. I knew that it would catch up with me and and I wouldn't, maybe the launch wouldn't have been as big of a success or I wouldn't have it done on time. So because I knew that this was the one thing that would generate the most revenue for me in my off season. And also, I mean, I told my audience that this is when it would be done. And I'm so passionate about helping photographers find their freedom again. That's what drove me every day. And then every single day I would go into my full focus planner. What are the three things that will move the needle most on the course? So like, Mm. for example, one day it would be um, create slides for module one, um, then record the slides for module one, and then, uh, write up the, the workbook, like Mm -hmm. kind of the, so I'd have to do a little workbook write up of what I want in there. And I would send it to my virtual assistant. So she would make it come to life. So for example, those would be the three things. And Mm -hmm. it depends, like if your module seven has 10 lessons in it, that's not a good goal because you can't accomplish it all in one day. So I would break it up into daily doable chunks. And then I would like hack at those every day and be like, so you have to do your top three. Like that's the priority. And then when you're done those, do your emails. Um, So that's, that's kind of how I went about it. And slowly but surely every day as I was getting that feeling of actually accomplishing those big three things, I was getting this feeling of like, I'm actually progressing and it, that got, became a little addictive. And yeah. then it got me into the flow of it and I didn't want to stop. Um, and I had everything done on time. So yeah, that's kind of the system that works worked for me and works best for me still. That's a great book. The one thing I actually yeah. just watched this 
condensed YouTube version of it. It was somebody doing like the visual drawings and basically summing up like the top 10 lessons from the one thing. And it brought me back to, I think he says a quote in this video that if you're trying to chase two rabbits, you'll catch neither of them. Right. And it, it just makes it so simple that if building an online course and having more passive income is truly that goal of yours, you do have to prioritize it and you have to put your best creative energy like onto that project. Otherwise you'll make up excuses and it will fall to the wayside. And another thing that I think kind of tied into helping you create this course was you actually taught in-person workshops that shared this outsourcing for photographers framework. And I think you did that before the creation process. Was this a strategic move for you? Was it to get some of the material done or to start building testimonials or getting feedback? Why did you host in-person versions of this framework first before doing an online course? Yeah, great question. Uh, So basically, in 2019, in the summer, I had pretty much mastered outsourcing in my business. And I was, um, instead of working 12 to 15 hour days every day, I was now mainly shooting wedding weddings on weekends and just needing to work three to four hours a day in the week. And I was kind of like, oh my God, this is my reality. I actually made it happen. Every photographer needs to know about this. And the fastest way I knew how to like let, like to start teaching it was just to whip up a presentation um, you know, announce I'm hosting this outsourcing workshop guys. I literally now just work four hour days instead of 12 hour days as a wedding photographer, you guys need this. And it like sold out like so quickly. I'm like, Oh my gosh, awesome. So I hosted that first one, that first one. I remember to this day, how everyone at the very end of the workshop were just like mind blown. They're like, Sarah, you have no idea. We've taken so many workshops, like photography workshops. This one is like the one that has, is literally going to change my life. And wow. I'm so grateful to you. And I had chills and I'm like, guys, I'm chills. taking, you did. <laughs> I was like, guys, thank you for being like my little alumni group. Like I'm, I want to take the industry by storm because it's not okay for us to live like this anymore. And I want to show people it's possible. And from that, so, like, I was like, I need to host it again. So I hosted it the next month and then the next month. And I hosted four of those that year. And as I was seeing how this was impacting people, I was like, oh my God, the, like everyone needs to know about this. Um, so I was then paying close attention to strategically, at, at, like I would say the second or third workshop, that's when it kind of clicked in my mind. This needs to become an online thing. And as I host these workshops in person, I want to gather testimonials. Maybe I'll even... Um, have a videographer come along and record some of it of me teaching it, try to leverage my time. So I was starting to think more strategically that way because I was seeing the changes that were happening in my students. Um, And that's what inspired me to scale it. And like every photographer needs to know how to outsource in their business. Yeah. And, you know, we hear this in the online course creation world, like you should launch with a beta group, but I just think there's so much power to this day in the physical connection and getting people shoulder to shoulder in a room, obviously with COVID now, it's not exactly possible, but when we get back to more normal times, I just think like there's nothing that can replace that bond and just that excitement that builds when you get people in a room and you share Mm -hmm. your heart with them. And like you said, you delivered on some amazing knowledge that they had not found anywhere else. And that is the perfect proof that this needs to be 
uh, shared on a bigger level. This needs to become uh, an online course. And for somebody listening who's like, well, I can't host an in-person workshop. Well, you know, get online and partner with a different association or a meetup group and teach your framework just casually or even building like a two-hour masterclass and get a feel for how people respond to your framework before you dive into the course creation. So I just wanted to spotlight that because I think it's a brilliant way to actually kind of queue up the yeah. launch of your course. And, and again, I, all I did was follow my curiosity and that made it fun and effortless. Yeah. And then from fun and effortless, I was able to burst this course. <laughs> like, And it's a reminder that we can simply teach from what we know, right? Yeah. If you figure something out that somebody else still hasn't figured out, they will pay you mm-hmm. to have you accelerate their journey. It's like, well, I am bur- burnt out as a wedding photographer. I know that Sarah has figured out some skills. So why don't I, you know, give her a few hundred dollars and figure this out in a quicker way than me spending time on YouTube. And that's the wonderful thing about living in this knowledge economy where at the touch of a button, people can find someone who has the solution to their problem, who exactly resonates with them. Like maybe I want to learn from someone who's fun and who dances on Instagram like (laughs) you do, rather than that more serious and stoic teacher. Like I can find a practitioner or a teacher who I resonate with. And that's the wonderful thing about the day and age we live in. So true. Yeah. (laughs) So moving forward to the launch process, COVID hits right when you launch. So obviously it wasn't the launch that you predicted it being, but were you able to kind of pick yourself back up and see the longevity of what this course is going to mean in your business? Oh my God. Okay. So as soon as I like the date to launch was March 2nd and it was a two week launch. As soon as I launched everything started happening. People were buying toilet paper. There's no toilet paper in the stores. Like it was all happening. And I just thought to myself, oh my God, photographers literally don't know what's going to happen to weddings. Why would they pay? And my course isn't cheap. It's $2,000. Why would they pay, invest $2,000 in an outsourcing course when they don't know how their season is going to go? I think I truly believe that a lot of photographers would much more easily invest if they're like, yeah, my season's coming up. I have 30 weddings. I'm going to be overwhelmed. I need to figure out how to outsource now. Yeah, for sure. So like for me to launch an outsourcing course in a pandemic, I'm like, <laughs> what would they time. need to outsource? And so I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I put in so much effort. So I was like, no, Sarah, stay positive. Just do everything. Do the launch as if nothing's happening. Do the launch. And I am so grateful. I enrolled seven students in it. Uh, which was amazing. I ended up making $14,000 in that launch, but my expenses were, I mean, I I don't even remember exactly, but maybe it covered like half my expenses or something. So I still made a profit, which is amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) My goal was because I'm a freaking high achiever, all that, like just go for your biggest dreams. My goal was to enroll 50 students, which was, which was pretty, I mean, I think it was doable with the email list that I have, the following that I have, how many uh, evangelists I have. And uh, so I wanted to make $100,000. And for me to have that goal in my mind and then make $14,000 in the moment, you're thinking that you're a failure, right? And I was crying so many times. Like there were so many times where I would get off of a webinar because I hosted four webinars and 
um, the first webinar, I think two people bought and I was like, oh my God, but it still wasn't what I thought it would be. The third webinar, zero people bought crickets. And I'm like, I literally would get off the webinar. I would just, this is very vulnerable of me to share. I would just like, like break down in tears and just yeah. like, why does no one trust me? Like this works so much. And I, even if it's um, a pandemic year, even if you take this knowledge now and learn it and start implementing slowly, um, you're going to be so set forever. So this is actually a great year to take the time to learn it because you have nothing else going on. So yeah, I was just like, why is no one trusting me? I broke down. And after the launch, um, I basically went in for a month. I was like pretty down on myself and I went back to my binge eating because I have a food addiction and I was doing really well with that. And then I went straight down into like darker hole. Rory was incredible. He was like, Sarah, like, at, like a pandemic hit as soon as you were launching an outsourcing course. But guess what? You have, the, this is done. This huge project, it's done. It's ready. It's ready for any student in the future. And it, like in the future, when it, when the time is right, everyone will be enrolling, like just relax, know that you did accomplish something mm -hmm. amazing. And he's like, plus you have so many little lessons you can learn and tweak for your next launches and all of that. And I knew it. I understood everything he was saying, but I literally grieved for a month Yeah, <laughs> because I put my so much heart and soul into it. So that wasn't easy. But then after I got out of that, I think a lot of it helped with like the season changing into spring and warm yeah. weather, <laughs> like it helped a lot. Um, but I also realized again, like I I'm just grateful for the students that did enroll and you know what, I'm going to freaking show up for those six students and um, help change their lives. Like, so yeah, at the end of the day, I was grateful and uh I know that there's so much more to come to this course and I know that it maybe just wasn't the right time, but that was my honest journey of how I dealt with it. Thank you for pulling the curtains back on that. Um, I've totally been there too, where you're on a webinar and you're like, that didn't go that well or nobody bought. And I just like shut my laptop and I turn into oh. a different person. You know, you just like fall to the floor and yeah, it's one of those that things makes that makes me like, thanks for sharing that too. Cause I actually... I never hear anyone say that. So yeah. Really the only person that knows about these moments, I would say would be Dave, my husband, because he's the one that's like in the other room watching TV. And like, I can't hide my true emotions <laughs> from him, but it's these moments that I think people don't often see in our journeys. And sometimes we don't want to jump online and share what's going on when we're not our bubbly selves. Um, knowing that you know, you have those moments. I have those moments. Every business owner probably has multiple of those yeah. moments every week or every month. I'm curious, what drives you to keep doing the work that you're doing? What drives you to show up each and every day and serve your clients? Um, I, I, for some reason. Okay. So I know, I know that freedom drives me and because freedom is my number value and I always figure out how to make it happen for myself. And I know how happy it makes me. And I know how happy it could make so many people. What drives me is to help others feel, be free. And what I mean by that is I do it in different ways. So I do it in, I want to teach people like photographers how to show up freely and authentically and not feel like they have to 
pretend to be someone else. That's freedom to me, right? Mm -hmm. I teach photographers how to be free in their lives and not be chained to their computer and work 15 hour days. And they can actually spend time with their kids, with their friends outside, like living out their life because it's not a life living in front of a computer for 10 years. I mean, I used to live just in my freaking little cave for years and years. And I came out of the cave and I was like, what, where did all the years go by? And I would just have like, my relationships were done, like friendships, all that. I'm like, what just happened? I, so I want to help. Yeah. People achieve that freedom in their lifestyle as well. Um, and also freedom in, cause I'm actually creating a new course right now, all about teaching photographers, how to storytell, how I document wedding days. So I want to also, help photographers, again, be free in how they document wedding days and uh, not feel that they have to shoot like this because the photographer is shooting this way. I want them to do it how, like, I want to, I want them to feel free to do it based on their why, based mm-hmm. on exactly how they see the world and what's important to capture and all of that. So what drives me every day is my own freedom because I want the financial freedom, financial security that when we have kids, maybe I don't have to work for a year. Like yep. maybe in the future, maybe we I work half a year and half, half a year I don't work. I don't know what that looks like yet, but what drives me is my own freedom and then the freedom of others. Hmm. That's amazing. It's interesting because I feel like no matter how many times your ego might have gotten in the way this year saying like nobody wanted your course or, you know, these weddings canceling or the course not selling out, like somehow it's my fault because I'm not a good enough person. Your vision is obviously so much greater than that ego that you do keep getting up and serving and showing up for your business, even when it's not easier, even when you're not hitting those launch targets. And I think, um, that's something we can all extract is like reconnecting to that vision so that when your ego tries to get in the way, telling you that you're an imposter or you're never going to build this business, you're like, no, because I have this mission that I'm looking to fulfill, not only for myself, but for the people who want to hear my message or need to hear my message. So that's really amazing. Um, where are you taking this business, Sarah? Let's wrap this up. Like, do you have a vision of five years, 10 years from now, or are you kind of focused? on what's right in front of you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So definitely have vision. So this, I read this book traction. I don't know if you heard of it. I know. I have it. You do. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) God. I just went through it uh, in November, December and 2020. And I worked through it. I did the work throughout the whole book and I did my 10 year vision, three year vision, one year vision, all of that. And so I guess in the, in the short term or okay. In the long term, I want to still be a wedding photographer. Like I still envision myself being a wedding photographer in 10 years, but maybe doing like 10 weddings a year instead of like 30, um, because I want to make sure to have the balance of like weekends, summer weekends and all of that. Um, and then I see my vision being like helping thousands and thousands of photographers outsourcing their business, helping thousands of photographers become stronger storytellers and, along in the meantime, while they're doing that show up confidently in their skin. Um, so my 10 year vision is like that, like maybe 10,000 photographers. I don't know. I'm putting out a big number out there. Um, but in the short term, so for this year, um, my focus is to enroll 50 students in outsourcing made easy. Uh, and depending how everything goes, maybe it might be like who knows, who knows if it'll be the right time or not again, but I'm still going to show up because even if three photographers enroll, like I'm helping those three people. Right. So I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to react the same way as I did last time. Right. Cause it'll ha- like, it'll happen when everybody is ready. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also my, uh, goal is in this quarter, um, I'm creating, uh, my storytelling course, which I'm excited for. It's going to be, uh, teaching photographers how to storytell, and that's going to be something that's, um, more affordable. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to have like a different option with something that's like around two, $2,000 and then something that's hopefully under 500. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently working on something really exciting. So <clears throat> I don't know if you heard of uh, pocket products. I have not. No. Okay. So this like blew my mind. So I, uh, basically I was, I was trying to grow my email list through freebies. Right. Yeah. And I was realizing I'm like paying more really right now at this moment, because I'm, I'm waiting on Omi to really take off for me to like really reap the benefits financially from this creating the podcast and the freebies and everything. Cause it costs money, right. To produce. So I was trying to grow my email list with freebies and the podcast and everything, but it's just not like happening fast enough. Plus I'm paying a lot of money and especially my off season. So I came across pocket products, surprise, surprise, a sponsored ad. I saw a sponsored ad that got me, but it was done really well. So this woman, Courtney, she basically teaches, she's like, why not create a small little valuable product that's under a hundred dollars that you can uh, share with your audience. So maybe it's $44, but it helps them quickly achieve like a win that will really help them in their business. It's a small win. So maybe it takes them a week to do it instead of a five month course or whatever. Um, and that way you, once your, um, audience buys into that and everything you like, you start getting testimonials, you set that on evergreen, uh, through, uh, like Facebook ads or whatever, and you grow your email list on that pocket product that's solving a problem because it's a spontaneous buy, like $44, let's say, right. That's how I bought that. I bought the, her teaching me about pocket products because it was $47. Right. And I was like spontaneous. I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to build my list and make money at the same time. I don't want to build my list and lose money. Uh, So that helped me figure out how I can actually make money now instead of waiting until Omi launches again. Right. And that'll take less pressure. And then that way on top of that, obviously it's not just about money, but I do need to bring in revenue in my off season right now, since I don't have weddings or anything. Um, But the number one thing is I felt like I was waiting until the next launch of Omi in order to help my audience in depth. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want to help them now. And like, I want to share all this knowledge now. And I realized that a lot of them were, they're like, Sarah, how do you show up so authentically? How do you attract your ideal clients and book them? Basically asking me a lot of questions about marketing. Mm -hmm. So what I'm working on right now, and I'm almost done, and I'm doing like a mini launch of it in two weeks is my little crystal clear marketing micro course. So it's literally like a, a week long little thing that you could devour in like three hours maybe. And, um, yeah, it teaches you how to, it'll teach photographers how to, uh, dive deep into your why, who you are at your core, and then fuse that into your business. So you attract your ideal clients. And that's what I, it's kind of like a, a light bulb moment went off because every time I get coaching calls or anything like that, photographers are always asking me this question. I'm always repeating myself. So now instead of me creating a huge course, putting this huge thing on my plate, I'm creating this uh, pocket product, which is all about crystal clear marketing for photographers. And then I'm going to have this, I I just don't know exactly how I'm pricing it, but it's going to be under a hundred dollars. And now it's just going to be 
on like evergreen generating that revenue while I'm actually helping people, photographers in their business, get a quick win. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, in the future, when they see my storytelling course or my outsourcing course, they've already taken a small little course by me. And if they like my teaching style and they got results, they're so much more likely to invest in those other courses because they trust me. So that was a huge light bulb moment. Kelsey, freaking check out pocket products or anyone listening because we should all be making money because we're sharing so much valuable knowledge Mm -hmm. and we can now make money while growing our list and helping people at the same time. It's just so that's what's on my focus this quarter. (laughs) That is brilliant because I think there is this narrative that either you're doing a freebie to grow your email list or you're selling a high ticket course. But it's like, what is that in between bit? And why can't we make money while growing our email list? Because if you have something priced at 20 bucks, you Mm -hmm. capture someone's email, you give them results or you give them transformation, they're happy and they're more likely to enroll in your bigger items or to become a lifelong fan of yours. So I think that's totally brilliant. And for people listening, like you probably already have each of us 10 pocket products that are already in your desktop or in your database of content. So it's like, now you just need to tweak it, make sure it's um, self-study appropriate, and then you could put it out there and have a a different revenue stream. So I think that's totally brilliant and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Does that excite you? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, Sarah, I have chatted over our time slot, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming back on the show for the third time. As I look through our lifetime downloads, I see that your two episodes have always ranked in the higher portions of our standing. So I just knew you were the person to bring back to kick off season seven with. It's nice for the listeners to hear a familiar voice too. And I know a lot of them now follow you because we've done collaborative giveaways before. So they've ended up on your Instagram and absolutely love you. And a lot of our visionary community has actually worked with you as well. So I think they'll be so stoked to hear this episode. So thank you so much, Sarah. I wish Uh you all the success in 2021, despite how weddings go, because you're so multi-talented, you're able to pivot on a dime and you are a true leader of your industry showing us what's possible and how we can truly have the life that we desire without burning out by figuring out things like outsourcing um, and really implementing all of these lifestyle tools and tips that you are so consistent with. So thank you. We wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. That was so much beautiful external validation. I'm so grateful. In the absence so of grateful. in the absence of all the wedding bookings, like I'll give you your external validation because I know how awesome you are. You've shot me a few times. And... I've shot you. Oh my God. Don't tell everyone. No, yeah, wait. Thank sorry, you not so murder. much, Kelsey, though. Thank you. Like I'm so, so grateful and always love our chats. I'm so grateful. Thanks, Sarah. There you have it, our third conversation with Sarah Monica. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So now I want to spend a couple of moments with you just reviewing some of the key takeaways or the visionary nuggets from this episode. The first I want to double tap on is the fact that Sarah mentions that your new projects, they should feel effortless and they should feel fun. And if you're starting something new and it doesn't feel that way, just check in with yourself because something could be off. Maybe you're forcing it. Maybe you're not showing up as yourself. Maybe you're out of alignment. And so it's important in these times to go inwards and ask yourself, why? Why is this feeling effortful? Why is it feeling hard? And perhaps it'll give you some insight into where you need to pivot. 
The second thing that I want to double tap on with this episode was the fact that things don't always go according to plan. Did you kind of figure that lesson out in 2020? However, there's always a way to shift or change or pivot, just like Sarah had to do when the world shut down and canceled all her weddings or almost all of them in 2020. And instead of sulking or canceling her year, she focused on her capabilities as a photographer and as an educator. And she repackaged some of those skills to offer new products and new services to her clientele. And finally, she talks about never losing your unique magic while you're building your business. Even when your mentors or your gurus or, you know, those people who are teaching you their formulas, when they tell you to do it a certain way, but then you start doing it that way and you feel like you're not being yourself. Well, I think that's a sign. And what she realized was that's their formula and you can't lose yourself in the process of trying to follow someone else's process. Does that make sense? I think the best secret anyone ever told me in business is that you're not supposed to change who you are. You're supposed to become more of who you are. So really reconnect with your unique magic. And going back to point number one, if things are feeling effortful and they're feeling hard, maybe you're not being yourself as you grow this business. So there you have it. Another amazing episode with my friend, Sarah Monica, who knows when she'll be back for round four or if she's even willing to come back a fourth time, but Sarah, we appreciate you. And we are so, so grateful to have had you back. So thanks for tuning in to the first episode of season seven, and I will catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of visionary life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.